We're back again. We had to do that again because Andrew wasn't on time. Anyway, this is the eight news show live from the beautiful country town of Bunbury. It's about two hours south of Perth, filled with beautiful people, and we have some beautiful guests here. We ha- I'm, firstly, I am Scott this from the Scorpion Media Group. We are also with Andrew Bellman. That's his name. The Bellman Report. And we are down here doing a live broadcast. This is going live, people. It's going to be broadcasted around the globe. Anyway, we have with us uh, Southwest resident. I'll go first. The She's the, the, the chick of the group here. We had to get a hot chick in here because we had these two. I'm looking at these other two blokes. Michael Colotti, who's running from who, who was running for the seat of Cowan. Not running from anything, mate. Well, he said he's not running from anything. And we have the Pink Panther. Dun 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 That's the Pink Panther here. But again, I gotta go back. Jay Small. Well, she's gonna go first because ladies go first and you know, anyway, Jay, tell us what you do. You're from the Southwest community here, Freedom yes. Community. So I live down in Bridgetown and I'm on the Southwest Freedom Community Committee. And you organise a lot of this today, you and Debbie? Yeah, well, I, I call myself Deb's 2IC. Deb's 2IC. Everybody knows Debbie? What about you guys? You know her? Yep, yep. Know Debbie. Is she, she's good? She's great. She's great. Fantastic. My sister from another mother. Sister from another mother. And so these guys have organized today the rally uh, down here in the beautiful town of Bunbury. It's a beautiful town, yet still we are still over, overshadowed by the tyranny of the West Australian government. We I sure are. Yep. The McGowan Labor government still in power, throwing a, ca- a shadow over everything. With the still mandates exist in this state. In, on, insane. So, any uh, comments before I move on to Michael? Any? F- it's not final comments. You can keep, keep talking, but are you talking to me? Well, yeah, I'm, to- I'm talking to you. Okay. I'm talking to you, girl. Anyway. Yeah, well, it's all about ending the mandates. I know a lot of them have dropped already, but I want my job back. I want to be able to go to work, vax free. Yep. And you and were- do what I'm good at. So you were actually discriminated against, as many people were. I lost my job. Uh, we were sacked. You were sacked? Or, yeah. I was um, put on unpaid leave on the 1st of December. I left site on the 29th of November. And then two days before Christmas on the 23rd of December, I was officially sacked. So your Christmas present from the Labor government of Western Australia was being was sacked over you didn't have an app on your phone. Uh, it's absolutely, again, for the foreign uh, foreigners that were, people from foreign countries, that is, we have we do have them listening into the show. They will know that West Australia has enforced discriminatory mandates. Correct. And even on site, um, there wasn't many of us, but there was a few of us that decided not to get the jab. Um, I sat in morning meetings with 12 blokes going, going around the room going, right, put your hand up or say yes or no, you've had the jab. And it was like, yes, 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 yes. And then come to me and I'm like, no. Good on oh, you. Oh, you know what's coming, Jay? You've got to go and do it. I said, well, I don't. And then um, my project manager actually said these words, the anti-vaxxers, me apparently, um, should be lined up and shot, which didn't go down too lined well. Lined up and shot? Correct. And then I took three weeks off. We had the Bridgetown Blues Festival. We had what's now known as Bridgestock at my house. We had a big camp out. 
And um, so after three weeks, I just took one swing off and my week either side, R&R. Got back to work. So everyone was like, have you had the jab? Have you had the jab? I'm like, nah, nah, nah. And then the medic said to me, oh, for goodness sake, Jay, just get the jab. Another guy said, oh, at some point, Jay, he's got swearing at me, get the jab, get the jab. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not getting it. And he says, at some point, you've got to put your trust in the establishment. That's what he said to me. And I, <laughs> I like, I literally lost it. I was that's hysterical re- with laughter. Uh, was, he being, was he trying to be funny? No, he yeah. was deadly serious. And then the medic comes up and he's like, oh, you just get the jab. I could do it for you now. I'm like, no, thanks, mate. I'm right. And he goes, oh, you're going to lose your job. I don't really care. I'm standing my ground on this. And then he said, we should just hold you down and jab you. And I'm like, what? I said, isn't that a threat of assault? And he's like, oh, I'm just joking. I said, yeah, but we've got signs all around work about sexual harassment with just joking, not really, you know. Yeah, yeah. What's this guy's name? Can you? Yeah, his name's Grant. Grant, you want you made sexual comments in a workplace environment, and you also is he see the same guy that threatened to ha- wanted to shoot the anti? No, that was um, Cullum. Cullum. Yep. How do you spell I, that? C U double M double L U M. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves yeah. in this day and age, acting like complete <clears throat> assholes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's that's sick, isn't it? Uh, it's insane. Yeah. There's, you know what? In Western Australia, you can work in a pub right now. I, I'm sorry. If you walk into a pub, you can walk in with, with completely free. However, you cannot work in that pub. What kind of insanity is 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 that? There's no scientific evidence. So how can we trust the government if there's something as simple as that? It's. Um, I think the guy's name should be changed to Mick Stupid. What do you got? Amongst other things. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're we're talking about McClown, everybody. everything the government tells us, we should just do the opposite. That's personal opinion. Yeah. Now, so that was Jay's experience, and she's fighting down here in the community. We have a uh, a Michael Colotti from – he's from the north. He came down from the deep – to the deep south today. From the north north of Perth, northern uh, suburbs, northern right. suburbs. But uh, we welcomed him. He was welcomed here, right? You know. Yeah, anyway, I, I got through the checkpoints, no problem. Now, y- y- what do you think about this? And your party? He's from the Australian Federation Party, and they were running. Uh, can you tell us your experiences? What What do you think about the, the, the that jab requirements and what well, your party comments? Yeah. Well, look, the Australian Federation Party kind of grew out of that moment. When Bobby. Okay. That was All the right. fault of Andrew Bellman. Okay. Andrew's buying drinks later on for everybody. Yeah. How's the mobile phone on? Yeah, look, my experience of um, of this moment was uh, meeting a guy called Peter Harris. Peter, um, when he saw the mandates pop up, he had has a bit of uh, political experience going back to the early 2000s and saw this as a moment that he needed to get involved again and kicked off with this party, Australian Federation Party. I met Peter at various rallies and decided to stand with the party on a, um, broadly speaking, a human rights platform and a platform that is about getting corporations out of our government. So that's the short version of that. Like Jay, I I lost my job. I had a very senior role in uh, a very, very large company in Australia that's responsible for a great deal of government contracting and for, for the major mining corporations. 
And I was also put in that position and avoided it for a matter of months until the final crunch came and I said, no, I won't be doing it. And so I've lost that, lost that position in late January. Um, and since the election's over in the last couple of weeks, I've started applying for roles again. I got a very interesting call the other day from a company saying, look, can you put together some electrical teams for us? That's where I am. I'm an electrical construction superintendent, area manager. And uh, they wanted 45 electricians for one job and they needed a team of 15 for another. I said, well, you find out whether or not um, these guys need to be vaccinated. I said, I'll get those spots filled for you in no time at all. Because I know there's plenty of people out there that have made the same decision that Jay's made and that I've made that I don't particularly want the state telling me what goes in or out of my body in order to be able to work. And I know there's a lot of people in that same situation. Yeah, and I, I know about 10 people who have uh, got uh, various heart uh, conditions f- directly from the jab, pericarditis, myopericarditis, people in their, they're very fit, their 20s and 30s who have uh, been hospitalized here in Perth. Personally, their documents say myopericarditis caused by Pfizer, etc. Yeah, well, but- in the company I, w- I was with, one of the um, one of the other guys on another project, he decided to get the, the vaccine and he then found himself in hospital that same day with problems with his heart and spent a period of weeks dealing with that and this was well known in the company that had experienced his experience and a number of other people and yet they are still insisting that employees um, be jabbed to work there so this thing breaks eventually and and the experience I had last week of of a potential employer contacting me is is the kind of evidence that we're looking for these companies are now hurting they can't get the people um, to do their to carry out the jobs they want to get done We've seen it with the teachers, we've seen it with nurses in various, here and in other states where behind the scenes little deals are getting done because the government doesn't want to be public in announcing where their problems are and why. They'll never admit it, but they know what they've done is bite them in the ass very very quickly and they need to fill those roles. Uh, now we'll, we'll just jump over quickly. We'll come back to your scrutiny, scrutineering experience, sure. but we'll just come to the Pink Panther. Uh, the Perth Pink Panther. Uh, he's been running around. I've been. I've seen him many times, where he's led uh, groups of activists. Hundreds of people were going up to the ABC, the misinformation bureaus of the disinformation of the government, the, the ABC, the Channel Seven. Uh, where else have we gone, Pink Panther? McGowan, uh, McGowan's office. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us some of the, your experiences. What's been going on? Oh, look, the good thing about it in the tail end of it, we, like I do my stuff in peace, I go away in peace and give out the truthful information. And the best thing about it, as I found out laterally, I've nearly do what I'm doing is, because I keep repeating what I'm saying, like they do with their vaccine, I've been repetitively saying what I've been saying, it's more or less the same cops that turn up all the time. And they've Googled what I've been saying and I'm finding out like it is the truth. I've also been told by one of my colleagues that's in my group that he knows somebody working in McGowan's building. Uh, that they have been Googling what I've been saying and to find out it's the truth. I've also been approached and told someone of someone that knows the politicians, some of the politicians in uh, the parliament and they're turning. They can't stand it. Yeah. There's actually people inside McGowan's office from various levels that, that come out and tell us stuff. Yeah. I know, like, even last week, walking up to Kings Park, 
we couldn't have had four friendlier policemen coming up to me straight away. Right, man, we're here to look after you. Where are you going? What time are you doing? I mean, it swears you're your best mates from the beginning, right? Being all tough and rumble. And the third last stint I did at Channel 7, I actually met this guy last night. Do you remember the guy that stood up in the concrete pillars, looked at the police and took out his mobile phone and read him the oath? And he really read it to them, like, and there was two of them at the back there. And uh, they were embarrassed because the police take a note to serve us, the people. And they haven't been doing it. And now they're suddenly realizing people like us are educating ourselves and finding out what they should be doing. So as you know yourself, because you follow me everywhere, and I can't thank you enough. The last two times we were at Channel 7, how many police turned up? None. 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 So the police are leaving. I know from other policemen they're confiding because I know one Irish policeman. And now they're going getting jobs in the mines. They're leaving, they're leaving in droves. But you don't hear about it because it's not going to be said, obviously, like a lot of other things. But I'm yeah. finding out about the coming telling me. So, so these, uh, these, are, you also there's a couple other events that you may not know about. Was you went to led a bunch of people from the Umbrella Group into the Basil Zempelis' office. So we, we marched right in there, didn't you? Oh yeah, that that was the beginning of starting my stunts. So that was fantastic, actually, because one of my Christian colleagues came as well, who knows Basil personally. And uh, she's in the Christian group in, in, in Perth. So, and uh, a few more Hope Pride people came with us. And thanks to yourself and, and Andrew with your video, that made shockwaves in the city of Perth with the Christian movement and what they did, because they were about to arrest us. We went to sit down in a public, in a, in a public building that we paid taxes money, and they put on the rubber gloves to about to arrest us just for sitting down in the seats in the reception area. The cops put on rubber gloves. The they were going to arrest gloves. us. And because we were unclean. 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 <laughs> but the good thing about you being there and with you and Andrew with the camera, when you guys put that video together, I know from my sources that high profile people in part were embarrassed about the scenario. Yeah. I so think Max Freedom was also there uh, filming Freedom, as yeah. well. And also, also down when we were, I hear, believe when we were down in Langley Park, if you remember that you were there yourself, they brought down a lot of police and there was new recruits down there. Uh, one of the poor female policewomen actually brought down in tears saying she didn't sign up for this. There was another male policeman who was absolutely, when he was told and forced to write out tickets for these calling us terrorists, <laughs> as bad as I shake, but his shake, his hands were terrible trembling trying to roll out the tickets and his colleague had to take over so all police not not a few a few of the police do have a conscience like you know they do have a conscience they're not all that bad yeah i mean so they it, know damn well like like i say to i say to many people that stand on at the umbrella group i've distinctly thrown them privately at the, at the latter end of god lovely what he's trying to do but like when three people are in bed with each other mcgowan dawson and ken beasley Really, do you think they're going to flip and listen to people stand on the wall? Like you know as well as I do, Scotty, we've been around so many places and with the police force getting weaker and weaker, thanks for us gobbing off. That's where we're making a difference and getting the message out there to all these people. Like we went up to Kings Park, as you know, last Wednesday 
Kings Park, yes. Kings Park at the Memorial Centre. And I suggest everybody would like to uh, do the opposite of McGowan do, do it once. Um, I asked everybody, were they up for joining hands? Make a circle that these people and these lovely men and women fought for our country. And uh, I opened up and I said the Hail Mary, the Our Father, and my private aunt, St. Anthony's Prayer, and said a few words. You know, that was very powerful because there was a lot of tourists there as well, and they were watching us. You know, there was two, two ladies came to me afterwards. It was in the circle. I couldn't thank me enough because, unfortunately, they were having suicidal thoughts before what we did. Couldn't thank me enough. So, you know, that, vi that video has done 800 views on, on, on my Facebook page so far. And even though it would only took a few minutes, it's, it's gone very powerful. So please, God, I ask anybody who's listening to us, 10 o'clock next Wednesday outside the governor's house, we walk up to McGowan's office. Then we go to King's Park and I encourage everyone to come because what we did last Wednesday was very, very powerful. Very, very powerful. And I would like in the coming weeks to keep doing every Wednesday and we fill King's Park. We fill King's Park and show connection and show love for one another. Yep, so that's every Wednesday uh, at what time? 10 a.m. outside the governor's house and we walk up with our signs out through the city, head to King's Park and we join hands, have some hugs. We've got to do the opposite of what McGowan wants. Yeah. Show our connection, you know, very powerful. We got to, I ask and I implore everybody, even though the election is over and probably some people sadly think, oh, it's all over, back to it. It is not all over. It is not all over. I encourage you. I can't encourage you and put it out there enough. Please, hail, rain or shine like they do in Sydney and Melbourne when it's raining. They come out and they put their coats on and they march. You've got no excuses whatsoever in Sunshine Park. Please, for the sake of your future, Take a few hours off, take a half day off work. It is very, very powerful. We have even got people from the seat on the streets of Perth joining us and supporting us. There's people, there's people in uh, Basil's office waving out the window at us. We're past Channel 9, they're waving out the window at us. So we, there's a lot of support, but what we need to do is do more because what we are doing, we're giving them confidence. There's people out there thinking about them. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the, the good news. Um, I've got to say that one of the things Martin just said kind of gave me a terrifying thought was the what he mentioned Beasley, McGowan, and Dawson being in, <laughs> in the bed together. Uh, it shed shivers down my spine. But anyway, um, thank you, Martin. Every we'll see you next Wednesday. Uh, scrutineering. I think people would like to talk about that. Scrutineering. Michael, Jay, did you, yeah, you ask some scrutineering? Doing, uh, yeah, uh, Deb and I did scrutineering together, but I just want to something on the back of what Martin just said about Langley Park. I was also at Langley Park. Um, I rocked up just as people were starting to get arrested and um, the police were all in groups of, like, in pairs. So I had three pairs of police come up to me going, oh, you know, have you moved on yet? Have you have you had your move on notice? So I said, I don't need one. My stuff was packed up. And then the next lot came up and said the same thing. Yeah, my stuff's packed up. So I didn't get arrested. But every time two more coppers came up to me, I just stood there and looked at them and I said, I know that you know that this is not okay. And I just kept repeating it. And then I grabbed all my stuff and I had a bag full of food because I was sleeping the night. And um, well, obviously we didn't, but I'd planned to stay the night. And I picked up my bag of food and I looked at this policeman and I'm like, oh, this is actually really heavy. Would you mind helping me to my car? 
And he goes, like, where's your car? And I'm like, it's just over there. And he went, okay. So I handed him my big heavy bag of food. Then I had my chair and I had a blanket and my handbag. And then I got the chair and I looked at the other guy and I'm like, oh, well, you might as well take this one. So he took my chair and then he's like, do you want me to take the blanket? Gave him my blanket. So now I've just got my handbag. And then they walked me to my car carrying all my gear. I'm like, yeah. I just, I, and then someone's like, what are you doing, Jane? I'm like, oh, the, the coppers are just helping me. You know, they're just helping me to my car. And then I look at the cops. I'm like, because after all, you serve us. And they're just laughing. They thought it was quite funny. But, I, you know, I had a little bit of fun with it. There was a family having their dinner and they're going, what's going on? I'm like, how come you guys are allowed to have your dinner in the park and we're not? And these people weren't with us, but they're going, one of the ladies says, I just said that exact same thing to my husband. How come you guys aren't allowed to have a picnic and we are? I'm like, well, good question, because apparently we're dissidents and that's why. And, you know, there was, I think, 16 people were arrested. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 16, 16 people and were arrested. And I think arrested. all but two have had their charges dropped, but I think the two that didn't had previous convictions. But anyway, I've gone to scrutineering. So Deb and I, um, we she did the polling booth in Del Yalap. I did the polling booth in um, Bridgetown for Ausfed and, and she worked for Gap. Then we drove up to the city, did a couple of hours at Winthrop um, Primary School and then we headed off to... Um, Bibra Lake, all getting time keeped here. Um, headed off to Bibra Lake for the pre-polling pre for Forest and Canning. So we were in the forest section. So they had Margaret River, Austerlin, Bunbury and Bustleton. And Deb and I were the only two scrutineers in that area. And I think they had three in the Canning area. And like it was quite clear what was happening. The piles were, you know, getting bigger and bigger for Liberal and Labor. But... I couldn't believe the way the people were counting. So they weren't counting, so they put them in bundles of 50 once they've sorted everything out. They go into bundles of 50. But this one dude was counting it like he was a bank teller, right? But he wasn't counting the bundles of 50. He was checking, this is all for the House of Reps, he was checking the green card, but not checking it because he was just like bang, bang, bang. I'm like, it looks like he's counting money. So I went over to the supervisor. Deb and I had both sort of pulled up a couple of people. And I said to the supervisor, I'm like, um, check out, you know, the guy in the middle row, the back, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's he's looking at those papers really quickly. And she said, oh, well, maybe he's counting. I said, he's not counting. He's still going through the ballots and checking them. So she went over and had a word to him and he slowed down. But when I was standing there, because you're allowed to just feel like a school teacher, the hands are behind the back and you're sort of walking from table to table, checking out what's going on. And when I stood at that man's table, he slowed right down. The minute I walked away, he was like looking like yeah. he was doing banknotes again. So the supervisor, you know, did tell him that he, he had to, you know, slow down the count. Was he a banker? He might have been a banker. I, I have no idea. Somebody just came up and said that he's a wanker. <laughs> That was Debbie. <laughs> anyway, but banker, was, wanker, this sort yeah. of the same thing. It, it was very interesting. Unfortunately, there was a lot of empty <laughs> ballot. Um, wow. So ballot you, you felt overall that the, the system was failing or deficient? Well, I just don't think the people were trained. Yeah. Like we spoke to this guy got flown over from um, New South Wales and he was like head of the fraud for the AEC. And he's a really cool dude. And Deb and I must have like picked his brains for like 15, 20 minutes. And he assured us that 
the Senate count would not start till Tuesday. That night, we're getting results. The next Sunday, we're getting results for the Senate. I'm like, well, hang on a minute. I thought that wasn't starting till Tuesday. Disorganised. And the the, the people that... It's called government. Yeah. The the people that were doing the counting and the tables, I don't think they were trained. You know, they did the first lot. And, of course, people are going to make mistakes. But there was a, a pile a couple of inches thick where when they had a break, the supervisor comes back and he's waving this pile going... These are all the ones that have been counted as a valid vote that are actually invalid. And here's the same amount that are in the wrong pile. Like it was it was in disarray as far as I'm concerned, absolute disarray. So disarray. That's the scru- experience of scrutiny by Jay in the southwest of Western Australia. Uh, we're running out of time a little bit. Let's get a f- comment from Michael quickly and then we'll hit the Pink Panther again. Yeah, just just quickly. Yeah, I did a couple of briefing sessions for scrutineers, and there were, there were a lot of questions that people had. And then we did a, one briefing session afterwards, and we recorded that. The recording for most people was that there was quite a bit of um, things that they weren't expecting to happen, and we've encouraged all those people to relate those experiences back to the AEC through that website. I mean. As to whether there's widespread fraud, I don't think we heard any evidence of that, but there's definitely a lack of understanding by a lot of those staff caused by various things. And one of the things that we know to be the case is that they were required to be vaccinated and they couldn't fill all those positions. They went out to various employment agencies and work hire agencies to fill those places. Also heard a lot from scrutineers who believe they knew far more than those people did about the actual process and what had to happen. But the other thing that a lot of scrutineers didn't understand was that that is a preliminary process that happens there and then at the outposted centres, they're all counted much more strictly. And um, But I, the only thing I can say is I, I was disappointed. I'd never scrutineered before and, I, and now I'm not allowed to because I'm a candidate, but I would have liked to have seen it myself so I could sort of see it with my own eyes. And look, while I've, while I've got two seconds on the microphone yep. here, um, we don't want to lose contact with people. So over at our tent over there with the Australian Federation Party, if people would like to go over there and, and meet our people and leave their name and details so that they can know when the events that we've got coming up are going to be advertised, that would be fantastic if you could do that. It would be brilliant. So basically the Australian Federation Party is going to expand and continue on this, right? Oh, absolutely. We, we're already having our conversations about um, getting our state branch up and running so that we can go to the state election and contest against McGowan. We know that the Liberal Party in this state has a total of two seats. They pretty much collapsed at the last election. We've seen a diminution in the power of the Liberal Party at the federal level at the last federal election last week. So they're vulnerable and we intend to capitalise on that as far as we can. So we definitely will be contesting at the state election as will many other parties and we want to involve all the good people that come along to this and what we're doing and how we're doing it and invite them to um, town hall meetings and those various things. And the best way they can get that information is to give us the best way to contact them and we'll make sure they're kept up to date. Yep, and we want to get rid of the major parties, the Liberal Labors, Liberal and Labor. Basically, it's just Coke and Pepsi. They're both poisonous drinks. Absolutely. Um, That's the easiest way to describe the duality system, Coke and Pepsi. Uh, Both anyway. owned by Vanguard. Ah, uh, yes. Black, Black Rock, Vanguard. Black Rock, yeah. State Corporation, Street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we've got a few more minutes. Uh, we're saying goodbye to Captain Hoodie. 
Uh, Captain Hoodie. Graham Hoodie is here and his lovely wife, Hoodie, Michelle. The they are just about to leave. They missed the, the podcast. Um, <laughs> but maybe, maybe they're going to quick say hello. G'day, Freedom Fighters, and I'm glad you're listening to this bunch of misfits. <laughs> Losers. So, so beautifully kicks. named by the Premier of WA, Mark McClown. Yeah. Thanks, Hoodie. Now, bigger bunch of misfits you'd never want to spend the rest of your life with. God bless you guys. God bless Hoodie. <laughs> Captain Hoodie and Michelle. Thank See you, you very much. Okay. And what, one last thing with the Pink Panther. Oh, we got to wrap it. We're being told to wrap it up. Pink Panther, oh. say something real quick. 10 o'clock, Governor's House on Wednesday. Guys, come and support us. We need people power. Thank you, Bunbury. Power to the people. Come on, guys. Stand up. Rise up. Thank you, Bunbury. Thanks very much. This is the beautiful town of Bunbury, two hours south of Perth, with fantastic people here. And we shall see you again. The Channel 8 News by the Bellman Report and Scorpion Media Group. Signing off. Love you all.